Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Podcasting's on-demand nature is both a strength and a weakness. Is the resurgence of in-real-time and appointment-based content just a fad, or does it point to an easily tapped market for podcasters? Hello and welcome to another Podcast Pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Before I cut the cord as we say in modern day speak, or we did 10 years ago, <laughs> I was a serious TV channel surfer. I didn't really use the guide too much. I would just surf from channel to channel. When I listened to the radio in my car, especially back when I was working in radio many moons ago, I was a seeker. There's a little seek button. Push the button that says seek and seek and ye shall find something good on the radio. But oftentimes it just continued to rotate through. See, this sort of channel changing works really well or worked really well in radio and TV. Not so much anymore now that we have, <laughs> again, TV guides on screen that we can flip through. Our radio stations are tuned to maybe just three or four stations in the area. Anyhow, it used to work pretty well. And during that time, especially on television, let's just switch and focus on television for a second. When When I found a movie or a television show that I found interesting, I would watch that show from right there. Oftentimes, these were shows I, were, I was already familiar with. These content that I probably owned in a digital media library of some sort. But still, if that movie or TV show that I thought, oh, I love this, came on, and sometimes more opportunistic viewing of things I'd never seen before came on. I'm just going to stop and watch. Oftentimes, even sitting through the commercial. Sure, sure. Can't really back up like that on radio, right? If you're in the middle of a conversation, if you, if you tune to a station and it's 22 minutes after the hour and it's a deep conversation, there's no, there's no way to back back up. And I don't own the content of the radio, but still when that radio station, when that radio program, that talk show is playing, I would probably just, you know, stick around if, if I found the conversation interesting. Hang out. Same thing when I think about it, you know, opening a newspaper or magazine, which I, I recognize I don't do very often, but it's also a little bit different when you're opening a newspaper or a magazine. I mean, look, you're not starting reading a story in the third paragraph or anything crazy like that. You bounce around, however. You bounce from column to column in a newspaper or you flip through pages in a magazine. You know, look, no one reads a magazine cover to cover unless you're bored on a flight somewhere. We certainly don't order back issues as a general rule of thumb, no matter how much the, the magazines would like to push those upon us, right? Now, all of those forms of media consumption, when we don't have something specific in mind, is really opportunistic consumption. And it's something that we really don't have 
in podcasting. We never have had opportunistic listening in podcasting because podcasting doesn't perform like those other broadcast media, especially radio and TV, right? When you open up the podcast listening app, it doesn't automatically start playing. Even when you browse to a show that you like or you think you might want to check out, it doesn't immediately start playing. Now, now that's partly a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But in those other two forms of media, TV and radio, they do. They play automatically as soon as you get there. You know, Netflix has started doing that as well. You've probably noticed now the autoplay feature is on by default on Netflix. It might annoy you. You may hate it. But I promise you, Netflix is doing that for a reason, and that reason is opportunistic viewing in their case. Now, I used to think that the lack of opportunistic listening, if you will, in podcasting was a limitation of podcasting overall. And, and while I, I agree with that, my, my position has changed somewhat. I, I don't think it's the fault of the apps. I don't think that's the case. I think instead it's just a different type of consumer, the opportunistic listener, who is likely using different services. If you're opportunistic in nature and you're listening, podcast listening apps don't help you at all. They don't. There are other apps that you know of, that you've heard of, that are much more, let's just call them drop in and listen. There are also play ways people can watch live events unfold on their computer screens when they're really and truly live. Now, the argument against doing that, which I think I've been on that side before, is, yeah, but, you know, those on those um, drop in audio, those live interactions, it's all about the chat room and the hearts and the communication back and forth. And look, if I just put my podcast in that live situation where no one can really give me any feedback or talk during the thing, no one wants to listen to that. And and maybe I, I can understand why you might think that, but let me let me suggest to you that the people I'm talking about, these opportunistic listeners out there, who are consuming lots of drop-in audio and who are watching, in some cases, lots of live-streamed content or listening to live-streamed content, those opportunistic listeners are listeners first. They're not contributors. They don't want to contribute. The platforms they're using might allow for some sort of con contribution in the form of, again, hearts and flames and chats and various things, and we can watch them and see all of it going around. But the vast majority of people who use those live stream things aren't using any of the collaboration features. They don't care. They just want to lean back and have the content delivered to them. So thinking about that, just for a moment, I want you to rethink your position on live streams like this. This is actually being recorded as a live stream out on LinkedIn. No way people to communicate with me right now because I'm not watching the screen. Let's rethink our position of maybe as we're recording our podcast episodes, maybe our interviews with our guests or our conversations with our co-hosts, maybe there's a way, maybe it's time for us to let that live consumption happen for the small segment of people who want that. Maybe that's an opportunity we should be doing. You should be exploring more. You're already recording it. 
if a few people want to watch live, let them. Maybe even hundreds of people, maybe even thousands of people want to watch what you're doing, listen to what you're doing live as it happens. And sure, you won't have the same kind of interaction that those apps are really designed for. But, you know, maybe there's enough people out there who want to listen that way that it's something that's worth your your while. Now, astute listeners or watchers or viewers or readers or whatever will recognize now that my position on this has changed. And it's probably going to change again. Such is the nature of working in the internet world, right? We're just going to uh, change our opinions as we try and explore new things. Now, once again, I'm going to invite you to share this episode with your podcasting compadres. Find out. What are they thinking about this? What's How's their thinking evolved about using live and drop-in content to produce, to, uh, to distribute some, if not all, of the content they make. Maybe it's different. And if you got any value out of this whatsoever, this rambling, hmm, where are we going here? Check out buymeacoffee.com slash evoterra. That's where you can buy me a virtual coffee if you, this sparked any fantastic ideas for you. I would appreciate it. That's it. I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.CRD.CO has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.